0: The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome, Mr. Fretz. Jermaine, this one's for you. I'm so sorry, England. I'm a poor one out for you. Ah, That's good whiskey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 36 of the Fretzelmania podcast, The Old Stone Cold. I and Mr. Fretz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fretzelmania. That's Fretzlemania. That's F R E T Z L E Mania. This podcast is on Wrestle Attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast and the cure for England not bringing football home. Across all common listening platforms, today I will be reviewing Monday Night Raw from July 16th, 2001. Stone Cold Steve Austin is at the Friendly Tap Thinking about what to do about the invasion Speaking of the invasion The invasion pay-per-view is this coming Sunday in the timeline Not on our Patreon quite yet And Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon all gather their troops for an all-out war Stay tuned my friends (laughs) This is gonna be good Before I get into uh, this podcast here, I want to give a shout out to, once again, my good brother across the pond, Jermaine. Uh, he is from England. England was just in the Eurofinals against Italy, and just about an hour ago here, since I recorded, football is not coming home. I'm so sorry, England, if I have any listeners in England other than Jermaine. Uh, First off, shout me out. Second, I'm so sorry. I mean, you guys beat Germany. Germany's my team. Fretz is a German name. I think I have English on my mom's side. So it's double sad, I guess. Uh, I thought it was really neat when Harry Kane, you know, basically won the game for England against Germany and Italy. I'll give you guys props. But for the love of God, a shootout, as it's known in as in hockey penalty shots should not decide a freaking championship. I mean, imagine if you will, the Stanley Cup, which was awarded last week to the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh FU Tampa, by the way. Uh yeah, I'm still bitter. No, I'm not a Montreal Canadiens fan. I just I'm sick of Tampa. They're a dynasty. They're damn good. They're the modern day Detroit Red Wings who coincidentally repeat as Stanley Cup champions in 1997 and 1998. It is time for someone to take them down a peg. And Akita Kucherov, you're a real piece of work, buddy. Man, that that press conference was pretty tasteless. Anyways, Jermaine, dude, uh, I raised my glass to you. Here's, a, that's, a, some good scotch there for, <laughs> for you, buddy. And it'll come home sometime. Uh, I was fortunate enough to see Germany win the world cup. You're going to get your chance, buddy. Uh, cheers to you. Cheers to the England football team. And Hey, cheers to the Italian football team as well. Uh, <laughs> You guys know I'm in a tourist beach town. I've got a lot of people from Toronto up here. i got a lot of Italians from Toronto up here who have just been blasting past my house and every other street in town, honking their horns, waving their Italian flags, hooting and hollering, and I'm going to hear fireworks tonight, and I fucking hate fireworks. When you live in a tourist beach town, you come to hate them because you hear them every night but at least i can sleep you know get my fan blown in my face and i can sleep right through them and also because if they're going to be blasting past 10 11 o'clock p.m that's past our noise bylaw and someone's going to knock on the cops in town it it always always happens now on the timeline here invasion the Invasion pay-per-view, is the Sunday after this. You know, this is going to be the 16th, and what is it? Uh, The 22nd would be the Invasion pay-per-view. I won't have my review for that up on the 22nd. Maybe the 25th, maybe that following Sunday. It just depends on work and how my schedule goes. And the fact that I'm going to be a guest on another podcast coming up later this month, you're just going to have to wait and stay tuned for that. However, I have watched Invasion so much that I might not need to go back and watch it now to do a review of it. I have the DVD of it. I, I'm certain that it doesn't belong to me. It probably belongs to my cousin. Johnny, if you're hearing this, I'm sorry. I still have your Invasion DVD after 20-odd years. Uh, I'll get it back to you. <laughs> oh, jeez. The WWE is going to be bringing back fans. I believe it's the next SmackDown, which is going to be the one before Money in the Bank, is going to uh, have an audience again. We're going to have fans, and it is so good, so refreshing. I know AEW has had a smattering of fans at Daily's Place, and just last week they had their first show on the road outside of... At least place that is the Thunderdome is no more. And I just want to quickly reflect <laughs> on the Thunderdome. I got on for I think a half a dozen shows. I think one of them might have been a pay-per-view. I forget if I was on for Hell in the Cell or Survivor Series or like TLC. I was on for one of those pay-per-views, I know that. I got on for a bunch of Monday Night Raws. I I stayed on one from main event, like the following week's main event taping, up to RAW talk. That was a good four and a half hours of wrestling, and I have my fill. That 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 w- that was it for, for me there. It was exhausting. And I just hope it forced not forces, is that the right word? Yeah, forces WWE, especially Monday Night Raw, to put out a good product that the crowd won't absolutely sandbag. You know, the Thunderdome was fun. You know, I had a producer in my ears, who's probably like Tom Phillips or someone like that, saying, hey, let's hear some cheers for this guy. Let's hear some booze for this guy. I was cheering for Retribution, that's how long ago I was on, and cheering for The Hurt Business. And you know what? I didn't get thrown out, which is surprising. I think I even wore my Fretzel Mania shirt to one of them, and there was, you know, no one said boo. I could have wore my Moxley versus Jericho AEW shirt from Revolution that Nate got me. (laughs) Uh, Shout out, Nate. And, yeah, I decided against it. But yeah, the Thunderdome, we hardly knew ye, but it is time for fans to pack the stands once again, if something ever comes to tr- uh, Toronto, which I mean, Ontario, our COVID protocols or w- whatever the hell our premier is doing. I don't know when we're going to be allowed to have like fans again. You know, I want to go to uh, the open sound attack, Ontario hockey league games again sometime. So yeah. Yeah. Whenever Ontario gets something, I'll I'll go. Tonight, Monday Night Raw is from Providence, Rhode Island, and Stone Cold Steve Austin is in a very familiar location. A familiar location if you're a wrestling historian and a giant nerd like I am. He is at the Friendly Tap, a bar that is owned actually by Tim White. I don't know if that's kayfabe or not, but Tim White makes a cameo in this show as the the bar's owner. And this, of course, is where the APA was basically born. You know, the, the acolytes, Farouk and Bradshaw, have been tagging since 1998. And I think it was sometime in 99, they uh, got a bit more of an edge to them. They became less acolyte and more... Pounding ass, you know, the APA's t-shirts that used to say always pounding ass phrasing and This is where they beat the snot out of a whole bunch of drunken patrons and uh, Bradshaw uh, He's a guy that is somewhere in the middle of the do not F with list Ron Simmons is someone who is near the top of said List so all those drunken hooligans, uh, they got in fight and they kicked some ass. They pounded some good lord. So Stone Cold Steve Austin is uh drinking at the friendly tap. The invasion is afoot, and the WWE needs a hero. They need Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not just any Stone Cold Steve Austin. But they need the old Stone Cold. I don't need a Stone Cold that sings songs and gives me hugs and gives me presents. I need the Stone Cold that drinks beer and kicks people's ass and doesn't give a damn. And this is on the SmackDown. I think the SmackDown before this, yeah. And Vince McMahon was pleading with Steve Austin to lead the charge For the WWE against the alliance. You know, the newly formed alliance of WWE and... God, no. WCW and ECW. The owner of WCW, Shane McMahon. And the new owner of ECW, Stephanie McMahon-Helmsley. Paul E. was right there in the fucking ring. They want to put their dad... Their dear old dad out of business. You know, the whole thing about Nitro beating WWE's ass in the past has been referenced. Like, we've kicked your ass in the past. Um, no, Shane, we, you, haven't kicked WWE's ass in the past. You were on the shows that Nitro was beating. My like, God, this is ridiculous, but fun. And Stephanie's there just because Triple H uh, ripped his quad off of his bone. Anyways, they need a hero. A main event caliber match between the Brothers of Destruction and DDP and Rhino is put over for later in the night. JR and his new broadcast partner, at least for tonight, Michael freaking cold baby oh boy because Paul E is having a lot to do with ECW tonight the show opens with Spike Dudley coming to the ring in his uh, crutch and his leg in a boot holy crap I think he is actually legit hurt at this point in time And he has a major announcement tonight and has something he wants to get off his chest. Molly, can you please come to the ring? And now out comes Molly Holly. Spike Dudley is just that awkward, shy kid, or, you know, kind of like how I was at the time, trying to articulate his feelings towards his girlfriend. And he says, I think I love you. Aww, <laughs> gives her a rose. And Molly Holly's just like. I think I love you, too. I want to give you something, too, but I can't give it to you here. Whisper, whisper, whisper. Thank you. Good night. Oh, Spike's about to get laid. And Paul Hammond comes to the ring. You cock-blocking jerk. Michael Cole calls Paul Heyman a modern-day Benedict Arnold. It's a little strong. Also, I kind of don't know who Benedict Arnold was. If any listeners can help me out, please tweet me at Fretzelmania or send me a DM in the group chat. I'm sorry. Anyways, yeah, um... Paul Heyman here is uh, saying, okay, get get this man a chair. His leg is broken. But Spike, being the gentleman that he is, gives Molly the seat. And Spike still stands there in his crutch. He says, you came to me, Spike, five years ago for a job. Now, there's not many 5'5", five, five, 150-pound wrestlers out there. Hey, <coughs> Mysterio. And I gave you a job. Bubba Ray and Devon vouched for you. And Spike, it is time for you to come home to Extreme Championship Wrestling, good sir. Take Molly to the penthouse suite and in the morning kiss her goodbye and come to the ECW offices. Spike says, no. I'm with Molly. Uh, Spike! Uh, Molly can come too, but it'll take some liposuction and some breast enhancement. Hey, 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 hey! You can't talk about my girlfriend like that. I'm gonna kick your ass. And the Dubby boys come out now. And they are pissed to the off about last week where Spike Dubby hit Bubba Ray in the back with a crutch, leading to the clothesline from hell and the always-pounding-ass APA winning the Tag Team Championship. There's a lot of jealousy here by the Dudley boys. It's like, it's not about us. It's about us talking about Spike and Molly. And they're just being petulant, jealous big brother, big brothers here. And we see a beatdown. Molly Holly low blows Paul Heyman. Uh, Spike Dudley gets the crap kicked out of him. He gets tied up in the ropes. You know that tie up in the rope spot that Andre the Giant always used to do. So Jake the Snake could sick Damien on him. Or like Demolition could beat down on him. And then pin Haku to win the tag team championships at WrestleMania six. Why I remember that so vividly, I don't know. So with Spike tied up in the ropes, with nowhere to go, bro, just move your arms and you can... Molly they get super powerbombed through the table. He's just like, no! He's not there to protect her or to break her fall like he did one time where Bubba Ray powerbombed Molly through Spike through the table. And instead of that euphoric trance that, as J.R. would say, with Bubba Ray Dudley after he powerbombed a woman through a table in 2000, he just has this angry, sick, not a Bubba Ray Dudley look in his face, but hearkening a Bully Ray scowl rate on his face. Not much of a trance anymore. Backstage, Vince McMahon and Kurt Angle talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin. And before Vince McMahon walks into the shot here, Kurt Angle is practicing what he is about to say, much like me when I am about to practice what I'm going to say on this podcast. I sit here at this desk in front of this microphone and I practice all the ridiculous things and terrible jokes and references that only a few people will get that I'll Say, for example, this month in the year 2001 is a show that not many of us would remember. If you do, please hit me up in the Patreon chat if you are a Patreon. If you're not, please join us and just send me a DM. The Ripping Friends. It is brought to you by the same people who created Ren and Stimpy. I met one of these people. It wasn't the one that wound up being a piece of shit. That was John Kay. I met the other guy who autographed my copy of my Powdered Toastman comic. Shout out if you remember any and all of that. But the Ripping Friends. I just saw a clip on YouTube and thought, holy crap, I watched this in high school. One thing that was also on at the same time was undergrads. And that's all I'm going to say. If you get it, you get it. And he wants to be the leader for the WWE because Stone Cold Steve Austin is nowhere to be found. And Kurt Angle, is, he's at this place called the Friendly Lap. Uh, Kurt, I don't think Steve's at that kind of bar, buddy. And if he was, the right to censor would be there to wait a minute. The right to censor is not a thing anymore. Yay. They would not be there To shut it down and protest. And Vince is like, oh, the friendly tap. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm going to go to the friendly tap. And Kurt Angle is still kind of there. A little bit left in the dust. A little bit feeling left out. Because Stone Cold isn't there to take the charge. He took his ball and went home. At least he did that a year. He did that a year too early. Farouk versus Chuck Palumbo, one half of the WWE Tag Team Champions versus one half of the WCW Tag Team Champions. Now, Chuck Palumbo was an underrated prospect out of the WCW power plant, especially that crop that came out around 99-2000. People like, you know, Sean O'Hare, rest in peace, like Mark Jindrak, like above average Mike Sanders. Your nickname is Above Average. You're 50%. You're me throughout high school. You're me in college. How the hell do I have a bachelor's degree? My goodness, holy crap. It's a miracle from God above that I got out of college. Anyways, yeah, Palumbo here, he was a very athletic big man, and he had... He had a decent little run here. I mean, we're going to see a little bit of a different side of him in 2002 when I get to SmackDown. Oh, boy, uh, I won't be glad about that one. Oh, that does not age well. That ages about as well as milk. And Sean O'Hare, rest in peace. I mean, that's one that was just gone, gone way, way too soon. And this match here, you know, they wasted no time. Uh, Lillian Garcia, or whoever the heck was introducing Ra at this point in time, didn't even get to introduce Chuck Palumbo. It's like, and representing WCW, boom, brawl. They're, they're ready to go at it here. And throughout this entire night, I noticed this one aggravating, annoying, obnoxious, loud, woo girl, you know, Everything throughout the whole night ruined my viewing of the show. If you met, I mean, seen How I Met Your Mother, you know the story about the woo girl, Robin Sherbotsky, at every freaking move. Woo! Oh, shut up. We see a suplex by Chuck. Sean gets a face full of stares for trying to interfere here by JBL. Farouk's patented chef's kiss spine buster gets connected here. Once again, Sean O'Hare interferes. There's a big schmoz here and Chuck Palumbo hits the jungle kick and Chuck Palumbo defeats former WCW champion Ron Simmons in this match. This is, of course, a precursor, a preview of their champions versus champions match at invasion. This whole night is basically a big ass preview for that particular pay per view backstage. Kurt Angle and the Brooklyn Brawler are having a chat. I don't get it, bomber, says Kurt. It it it's Brawler, Kurt, whatever. You know, Kurt Angle's like, I'm a gold medalist, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Something about being extreme. And then Raven walks into a shot here. And Kurt Angle was like, yeah, I'm extreme. I drank milk a day after it expired. Kurt Angle spouts off uh, a poem here. Without saying, "Quoth the Raven, nevermore. And that is a cardinal sin in the WWE when Raven takes... Mike, because Raven friggin' rules. And Kurt Angle says, I challenge you to a match ECW rules. ECW doesn't rule, but WWF rules, pal. Oh, Kurt, you're such a dweeb. They had the opportunity to call this Raven's rules. Raven's rules. Come on! And there is such extreme irony with this. Much like, Alanis, I told you to shut up and sit in the corner. You're not getting this joke anymore. It's truly ironic that Kurt Angle has an ECW match a good five or so years before the extreme red, white, and blue machine would go to the land of the extreme and unfortunately for a cup of coffee as that would be his last spell in the WWE before getting... Kicked out, well, released, leaving on his own accord, going to TNA. And then getting inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame in 2000, was it 17, 18? I can't remember. The years blend together. I still think it's 2020 sometimes. Holy boy. wet Storm versus Christian. And on the SmackDown just before this, we see footage of Jeff Harvey winning the Intercontinental title over... Mike Awesome, and now Lance, if I can be serious for a minute, I would like to issue a challenge to two people that epitomize all that is wrong with this business, such as offbeat shenanigans. Edge and Christian. Mike Awesome and I challenge you to a tag team match at Invasion. This brings out Edge and Christian, and Edge says... Holy Jurassic, I think, I forget who says this. It's probably Christian. Holy Jurassic Park. We have Arikasaurus Rex. Which one? We have Mike Totally Not Awesome and Lance Storm. Oh, and by the way, offbeat shenanigans rule. <laughs> oh, wait. These two Wayne's World dorks. It's so sad that this tag team is coming to an end in the next month, but at least we're gonna get the greatest entrance theme in the history of professional wrestling coming up very, very soon. And Jar then compares the invasion to the steroid trial. That's not as bad as someone who will remain nameless comparing 9-11 to that. Okay, Mike Awesome hits that awesome, pun intended, slingshot splash over the rope and on to Aunt Christian. There is a concerto attempt, but there is a whole bunch of shenanigans and offbeat ones, by by the way. Hey, what's that place, Farva, with all the goofy shit on the walls and the mozzarella sticks? You mean shenanigans? I will swear to God, I'm going to pistol whip the next guy. That says shenanigans. I love Super Troopers. I'm going to watch this. This is nonsense, but this is free. (laughs) Referee Billy Silverman, saving Silverman, uh, is uh, trying to restore order here. But in amongst all this chaos and this plunder, another super kick in the second match in a row by Lance Storm. WCW really loved using that super kick. But Lance Storm would be one of the better... Users of that, other than people like Shawn Michaels and Adam Cole, baby. Backstage, Stephanie McMahon is praising Booker T, bigging him up, putting him over, and in walks Chris Jericho, the Jerry Seinfeld to Stephanie McMahon's Newman. Hello, Jerry. Hello, Newman. Hello, Stephanie. Hello, Jericho. The sexual tension is so there. You can cut it with a knife just bang already. And Chris Jericho says that, oh, yeah, ECW, if by your meaning of ECW, is every customer welcome. And you being the queen of hardcore movies don't count. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He doesn't even call her the filthy... Dirty, brutal, bottom feeding trash bag hoe. But it's heavily implied here. And there is a challenge for a WCW title match later in the show. And the hardcore smack of the night is brought to you by one of my most favorite underrated snacks, Corn Nuts. Uh, Taz chokes out Tajiri on SmackDown. And backstage you see Tajiri is doing a vocal spray and... Uh, speaking exercises and practicing talking Uh, and Rigo's like oh you want to be a commentator for my match against that miserable Torek Taz do you Tajiri Uh, yes something in Japanese backstage Shane, Stephanie and Paul all put over the invasion. Stone Cold is still drinking at the friendly tap and it looked like He tapped out Tim White's kegs because there was a lot of empties over there. (laughs) And uh, Vince McMahon talks to Deborah. It's like, is he okay? He's been like this all night. Vince McMahon tries to talk to Steve. Uh, Steve just continues to ignore him, uh, saying that, you know, we need the old stone cold. Steve, please, we need you. And this is where I'm going to have an ad break. A half an hour in, my goodness. Yes, stay tuned for the rest of the show, folks, because I have Taz versus William Regal, Chris Jericho versus Booker T, Raven versus Kurt Angle, and does Stone Cold join the WWE against the Alliance? Or will he turn his back on the company he holds dear? Find out by not reading the dirt sheets and listening after the break. What is going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rosé, your general manager here at Wrestle Addict Radio. And if you have some time on Thursday, each and every Thursday, I want you guys to check out my show, The King's of the rings podcast where we cover all the news that has been in the boot inside and outside of the ring from wwe to aew all the way over to new japan and impact wrestling and beyond that's kings of the rings podcast each and every thursday exclusively on wrestle radio Buzz, buzz, this is the Queen Bee, the K. Murphy of Kings of the Rings podcast, and you are listening to Fretzelmania exclusively on Russell Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Welcome back to Fretzelmania 36, the old stone cold. Rest in peace, the Patriot Dell This segment of the show is brought to you by our Patreon, patreon.com slash... Wrestle Attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling Patreon for only five bucks a month. You get exclusive shows such as the 20 Bell Salute, my 20 year look back on pop culture and wrestling. I'll have a review up of Invasion by the end of the month. Don't know exactly what day, but you'll see it. You also get Tales of an Epic Nature with King Ricky Rose, Willie T's Wrestle Wars. You get the Secret Files with Mr. YLP. You get a group chat with a bunch of amazing folks like Sir Charles and kavita and Wade and Jermaine and the rest of us on Russell Attic Radio. Also, you get 15% off of our merch on Spring. Links will be in the description of this podcast. You get t-shirts and mugs and hoodies. Face masks, if you still need face masks. Unfortunately, Ontario, we still need those damn things. Or towels. Did I say towels? Yeah, all that from everyone on WrestleMania Radio. You get the Pretzelmania collection. You get the KOTR collection with individual ones by King Ricky Rosé, the Queen Bee themselves, E.K. Murphy, and... Willie T, the YLP collection, and how can I forget Good Brother Mance of the Delight Show collection. Pride Birch, I don't know if that is still available. Uh, last year we had it available into July. If it's still out there, it's in, it's in the description here as well. Join us for only five bucks a month, folks. You will not regret it. And not only is this segment of the show brought to you by Patreon, but Monday Night Raw is brought to you by Corn Nuts. Corn gone wrong. 1-800-CALL-ATT and the JVC Gigatube. What a time capsule of its time. Tajiri comes to the ring here to be on commentary, speaking Japanese the entire time. There is a sign... That says, what the hell is a Norbert? Now, I know a man named Norbert. He is a very good man. A kind man who is an elder at a church I used to attend. A church I used to be an intern at, actually. Taz versus William Regal is going on here. We have a great back and forth match here. An ECW style match here where at some point Tajiri... Gets in the ring. No, it's Taz versus Regal. Did I say Tajiri? Yeah, Taz versus Regal, and throughout this match here, uh, Tajiri gets in the ring. He unbuttons his uh, his button-up shirt to reveal an ECW shirt. Yes, the Japanese buzzsaw is coming home. But swerve, buzzsaw kick. No, there's one guy that could have joined the. Freaking alliance. It's Tadgers, but no. There was a cool yet innovative spot here where Tajiri gets Taz trapped in the tarantula while William Regal is just feeding punches to Taz's face. That's that's very fun. That's a very inventive, a very cool move here. Uh, Backstage, DDP wants to expose Sarah. and says that there is an uncut copy of Sarah from my personal collection. Bitch, you were married to Kimberly at the time, or were you? Anyways, what the hell, dude? Uh, Yikes. Uh, He is just asking for an ass-kicking. And at the friendly tap, Tim White comes in. He's like, hey, Steve. Uh, How are you? Doing okay, man. Uh, uh, I closed the bar just for you. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope you do the right thing. He's just trying to calmly and gently talk and coax Stone Cold into doing this. Now, by the way, a friend who closes an entire bar just for you to drink in alone is a damn good friend. Because I would love... To go to a bar and drink in solitude and watch like the ball, like the, the Blue Jays game. Like, if it's today, I'll go to an air conditioned bar. Ontario does not allow indoor dining yet, it's gonna be in the next couple of weeks. But I would like to go to an air conditioned solitude bar, watch the Blue Jays game, have a beer, have a pint of wings. Maybe that's also life when or if I get my own place, I would love to have a bar in the basement with my TV and a little room off to the side for doing what I'm doing right now, and that's recording uh, podcasts. WCW Championship match, Y2J versus King Bukka. And tonight... Y2J is wearing what can I only describe as his amazing Eddie Van Halen pants. Rest in peace, EVH. Oh, best guitarist of all time. I love that pattern, the red. It's very reminiscent of uh, of Eddie Van Halen's guitar. Uh, Nick Patrick is officiating this match, so you know there's going to be a lot more offbeat shenanigans. I'm sorry, Officer Farva is gonna get pistol whipped. The walls of Jericho is locked in and Shane McMahon has a distraction. Booker T with the 110th Street Slam, that amazing spine buster that he does. Y2J hits the face crusher. One, two, and Nick's shoulder hurts. Really? Nick? Really? At this point in time, right now, really? And he is trying to nurse his shoulder, his rotator cuff. I have a bad back, right? And uh, because of my spinal fusion, I have also problems with not only my lower lumbar, but my shoulder blades as well. Getting old is gonna suck. And then finally, we see a line salt denied, a scissors kick denied. And then in another spot where Chris Jericho should have the match won, Nick has a Charlie horse. And then Earl Hebner comes in here. He spears Nick Patrick. There's a big old distraction here. Shane then hits Earl and Booker T hits a low blow on Chris Jericho. 1, two, three, Fast count by Nick Patrick and Booker retains backstage. Heyman is rallying rallying the troops here. He's trying to go into the the bowels of the ECW library here. Spike Dudley said no. Now he's trying to get an original. He's trying to get an eliminator. He's trying to get Perry Saturn, who is sitting with a mop. ECW wouldn't be the same without Perry Saturn. What's a solar system? without a Saturn. WWE, He really guilt-tripping here. Excuse me. Hydrate yourselves, kids. It's like, they can't put you in the ring after everything you've been through. Here at ECW, we care about our wrestlers. <sighs> yeah, Titus from Final Fantasy X, I'm gonna let you take this. Yeah, um, he said it. Harry Saturn then replies to Paul with, Snossages, you're welcome. Okay, Raven and Kurt Angle in a, I'm going to call it a Raven's Rules match because, I mean, come on, you had it right there and the extreme red and white and blue machine is a little five years early to his ecw run here we see the shop bubbles shopping cart from sunnyvale trailer park full of weapons there is uh a beat down an ankle lock and a quick tap out that's it uh but then also kurt angle i think he does some kind of grapevine where he wraps his leg around raven's leg and then locks in some kind of choke and that's it and then there's a bunch of chair shots and then there is interference including from who better than canyon oh my goodness the, the roster's filling up here and then unfortunately ddp leaves his buddy behind to get the beat down does anybody else besides maybe mance remember the new jersey triad Bam Bam Bigelow, Chris Canyon, DDP. I mean, come on. Don't leave your Jersey bro behind. Meanwhile, at the friendly tap, Stone Cold is shooting pool. Dudley Boys versus the Hardy Boys. This is your run-of-the-mill typical Dudley's versus Hardy's match. If You've seen one, you've seen them all. They're good, but they're predictable. There is a twist of fate in a swanton, and Bubba Ray pulls Matt out of the ring, so... Rob Van Dam, yes, I did do the thumb point while I said that, comes in with a big top rope kick. He hits a five-star frog splash onto Jeff while the Dudley Boys hold him down. And this match is DQ, no contest, I can't tell. The invasion was a friggin' mess. The APA is pissed seeing this. How can we let them them fools into into our house here? Vince McMahon comes in and says, you know, I don't see Stone Cold. So, you guys, you got to go rally the boys. WCW does the very same thing, rallying their troops. The likes of Billy Kidman, Mark Jindrak, Sean O'Hare, Chuck Palumbo, Mike Sanders, Chavo Guerrero, Hugh Morris, and so many more. The WWE fears you now. You came in something, something. uh, They go to Taz. Like, you know, WWE spat in your son's face. Hook? Yeah, Hook would have been a kid at this point in time. And WWE has their backstage meeting, has their big old rallying the troops. And they wheel in, literally, Classy Freddy Blassie. WWE legend, wrestling royalty. A man who is basically the grandfather of the WWE. Freddie Blassie had been in the company, I think, since the Vincent J. McMahon days, since Continental Wrestling. He is a longtime friend of the McMahon family. He comes in here in his wheelchair, and then he stands up. There comes a time in every man's life when you gotta stand up. And fight for what you believe in. Fight! And it's just a big old, big old rallying cry here about Freddie Blassie. The Undertaker talks about the phony tough and the crazy brave and being knee deep in someone's ass. At- oh, Biker Taker's so friggin' bad. Oh my gosh! And then they're like, to hell with Austin! There was no honor in not fighting. No wonder he, spoiler alert, turns on the WWE. And in a quick yet embarrassing match here, Trish versus Terry. Uh, Terry, no offense to her, doesn't belong in the ring. Just not good, not coordinated. Trish is still green as goose crap, but my lord does she improve and she becomes one of the greatest, if not greatest women's wrestler in the history of the WWE. You know, this course is uh setting up the WCW versus WWE brawn panties or something, something teenage boy fat fest match with Stacy and Tori versus Lita and Trish at invasion. They have a, Little fight after the fact here. DDP and Rhino versus the Brothers of Destruction in an Invasion preview. These four lads are in the inaugural brawl for their respective teams. Eventually, the Dudley boys interfere, and the rest of the WWE and WCW also interfere. The arena, they're salivating because they know something's coming. They're chanting. For Stone Cold Steve Austin. Everyone. The whole locker room. Of both sides. Is here. Finally. Backstage. You see. More. Of the roster. Fighting. And a pickup truck rolls in. Y'allmo A black pickup truck. Means it's going to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he is starting to kick ass. And the crowd is. Having that odd hush. Because they're sitting on their hands. They know what's coming. They're waiting for that pop. They're waiting for... The glass to shatter. And for the crowd to go banana. And Stone Cold comes in for the WWE and starts kicking some ass. Backstage, Shane and Steph run into their dear old friend, Freddie Blassie. And this was, this was harsh, even in kayfabe standards. He they go to Blassie It's like you and the WWE have a lot in common. You're both about to die. And then after you know the cameras went off, Stephanie McMahon was in tears and apologizing so profusely. It's like stand up. Like he would he would probably say it's like. It's all for the business, but you know, Blassie would die about what two years or so after this. So, yeah, Stephanie McMahon's known him her entire life, and I don't think she wanted to do this, but it's like he's like, it's it's the business, kid, just say it. And yeah, that's how we go off the air with chaos. Invasion is here. The invasion pay-per-view is coming up next week on raw will be the fallout from invasion and you'll be getting a review in there some where oh boy what do i remember from this raw classy freddy Blassie. i mean it's a very infamous spot now especially in this angle where he stands up from his wheelchair and the rest of the roster stands up with him what did i forget I forgot that Spike dropped the L-bomb on Molly Holly here. What would I change? I don't know if this is a controversial one or not, but I would draw out the Austin tension. Maybe he doesn't appear on the show. That's a bold move in terms of ratings, but the WWE is standing alone in the ratings right now. I mean, what is happening in July 2001 at night maybe a baseball game uh i mean you'll do as well as a toronto blue jays game in canada uh, maybe or no blue jays game would outdraw them by a lot maybe today not back then anyways uh there might have been pre- no nope, preseason football is august yeah you would have been competing against uh like a baseball game, like i get between like the Cincinnati Reds and the Miami Marlins. No offense to the Reds and Marlins, but you know, the Monday nights are pretty barren in the summertime. And yeah, I would draw out the Austin tension. I would even save it to invasion. It's going to be like, is he going to appear tonight or not? Is he going to be here? You know, It would be a bold move to put Raw off the air without Stone Cold. I would have a little bit of WCW standing tall here. I I know if you're a big believer in 50-50 booking, which I'm not, because, spoiler alert, WCW wins at the Invasion pay-per-view, I would have a whole lot of that. And then finally, at the pay-per-view... You have Stone Cold coming out. He starts to kick ass and that's when you get the swerve. That's when you get the knife in the back of the WWE. So that has been it for this edition of Fretzelmania, folks. Stay tuned. Next week is just, it's just going to get crazier because the Alliance and Stone Cold's actual heel turn in parentheses, uh, Because going back, this heel run here wasn't bad. I don't think it was a failed experiment, but by the time the Alliance came around, the fans wanted to cheer him. So follow us at addict underscore wrestle on Twitter. Listen to the rest of us at the Delight Show, the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Young Lions Perspective. Follow us on Patreon as well. And folks... Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Jermaine, hope you've recovered from uh, England not bringing it home, but dude, it's going to happen someday. Cheers, my friends. Have a good one.